Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Everyday Truth. Want to introduce to you my a coffee mug of the day. I love this one. It says, I'm a pastor. What's your superpower? See that? I love that. I'm a pastor. What's your superpower? So uh, that's it for today. We are in Revelation chapter number 22, uh, the last chapter of the book of Revelation. And we are in verse number, uh, well, look at verse number five just to kind of bring us back up to speed from last episode. There shall be no more night or no night there. Uh, They need no candle, uh, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So eternity of living within the victory secured by Jesus. Uh, That's a a great future. That's a great prediction. And, And it's all true. Look at verse number six. And he said unto me, so remember, John is being led around uh, New Jerusalem. He's seeing this panoramic scene. He's taking it all in. It's awe-inspiring. And the tour continues in verse number six. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. Have you ever heard something in your life that was so incredible so good that you almost thought, hmm, can this possibly be true? Uh, or this is too good to be true. Well, that's really what what that I think is being driven at here. Hey, these sayings are faithful and true. This is the word of God. Remember, the entire book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's what Jesus is revealing to us. The express message for his people ahead of the actual transpiring of these events. So the Bible says in verse six, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. The Lord God of the holy prophets. So think about the the ministry of the prophets uh, down through the ages. Uh, Their ministry has been a ministry of faithfulness to the Word of God. In fact, one of the qualifications of being a biblical prophet is that one's prophecy had to come true 100% of the time. And if a prophet uttered a prophecy that did not come true, then that was a sign that he was not a true prophet, but a false prophet. So when the Bible says that this is what the Lord God is saying and has been saying by his holy set-apart prophets down through the ages, what that's telling me is that we can have the same confidence in these events that have not yet been fulfilled as we can in the events that have been prophesied already that have been fulfilled. For instance, we read about all the prophecies about Jesus. 
in the Old Testament. Prophecies included in Isaiah 40 or Isaiah 53 or Psalm 22 or Psalm 69 or Genesis 3.15 or Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2 or whatever the case may be, 3 I should say, verses 1 through 6. Whatever the case may be, the point is this, that we can look at the way God has worked in the prophets in the past and how everything that God has said to the minutest detail has taken place. And so we can have the same kind of confidence, the same kind of value upon this prophecy, uh, the prophecy of the revelation, even though these events are still future for us readers. So God has spoken through the holy prophets, and he sent this angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. And be done here refers to this will happen. These are predicted events that will take place in the future. And the Bible says they must shortly be done. So when you think about the word shortly in, this, in the modern sense of the English word, you think, well, I'll be there shortly. And what, what, what we read into that is very soon, like, like any moment. And, and certainly that, that would be a connotation of this word here that Jesus could come back at any moment. And the inauguration of all the events set in motion here from Revelation chapter 4 right through the end of the book certainly could happen at any moment. Uh, But the word quickly uh, can also mean in the Greek language abruptly or suddenly. And that may be the, 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 the point here, that this when this happens, it'll happen like that. And we use the same kind of language. Uh, I'll see somebody that uh, maybe has children still in their home, and I'll say, oh, my, boy, love them and spend time with them now. Why? Because just like that, just like that, boy, they'll grow up. Just like that, they'll be out of high school. Just like that. Now, does it happen just like that? No, sometimes the days are long, but the years are short. But we know what we mean by that. Boy, this life is but a vapor. And yet we'll use terms like he lived a really long life. So we use time terms relatively, and the Lord uses time terms relatively. Uh, A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So when we think about the coming of Jesus or the coming of these future events, sometimes in our sphere, from our perspective of time, we say, oh, it's taking such a long time like a child in the backseat of the car. When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? When am I ever going to grow up? And yet from our perspective as adults, we look at children and say, oh, time goes by so quickly. Well, think about God's perspective as the adult in our relationship. And we think that things are taking so, so long. But the Apostle Paul said, well, when we put things into an eternal perspective, then this light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not on the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. So the point is that time itself is relative to our perspective of it, our vantage point. And what the Lord is saying here in prophecy is that, oh, this is all going to happen. It's just on the brink. It's going to happen at any moment. It's going to happen quickly. And when we all look back from eternity's vantage point, we're going to say, wow, it went by just in the blink of an eye. So this is a bona fide promise 
uh, that is being made by God. It's going to happen shortly and quickly and be done. In fact, watch what Jesus inserts here in verse number seven. If you're if you are reading a red letter Bible, you'll see the letters are in red in verse number seven, meaning Jesus is speaking. And he says, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So why do we have the book of Revelation? Why do we have this special revelation from Jesus for us about our future? Well, the primary reason is because understanding the future, understanding the promises of God, recognizing the revelation of Jesus helps us to live better lives today. So blessed are we if we keep the sayings of this book, if we allow this book, the book of Revelation, to drive our current priorities, to drive our current behavior, to live in light of what we know will happen. See, that's the purpose of prophecy. The purpose of prophecy is not to kind of satisfy our curiosity. I know something that you don't know, or I know something about the future. No, the purpose of prophecy is that knowing these things, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. That's Peter's language. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God? So knowing that the earth is going to pass away, knowing that this universe is going to dissolve, knowing there's going to be new heavens and a new earth, knowing that only what's done for Christ will last, and on and on. How should that cause me to live? It should cause me to live fastidiously in obedience to the word of God, especially uh, the words of this prophecy. That's the point that Jesus is bringing out in verse number seven. Uh, We don't have time to procrastinate. We don't have time to wait. There's no time uh, to put off your service of God. If it's right to do, do it now. If you're prolonging procrastinating, stop it. And let your life be geared toward a dedication to the Lord Jesus. Look at verse number eight, where the Bible says, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. John's like, hey, listen, I was there. I saw it. I experienced this audibly, visually. Then he says, And when I heard, and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. So was this an actual angelic creature that was showing John these things? Or was it a human being? Because sometimes human beings are referred to as messengers, the word angelos or angel. Uh, I think that's the case in Revelation chapter two and three, where the angel of the church refers to the pastor of that church. Well, let's find out what the Bible says. Look at verse number uh, nine. So John falls down to worship this messenger. And the Bible says in verse nine, then saith he unto me, see thou do it not. Don't worship me. He was embarrassed. He immediately uh, said, no, no, no. Verse number uh, nine, for I am, here's the identity now of of the messenger, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren, the prophets. So this, this, person who is showing John this is one of the prophets. So that makes me wonder, which prophet is it? Maybe some obscure unnamed prophet. Maybe one from the school of the prophets of Elijah or Elisha's day. 
Maybe one of the prophets of the New Testament church. Maybe one of the Old Testament famous prophets like Isaiah or Jeremiah or Habakkuk or Micah or Nahum or whoever. But the Bible says, or whomever. Uh, But the Bible says here that he's one of the prophets. And of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. So don't worship man, not even the most elevated man, not even the most just man. Worship God and God alone. Do you know that this is one of the reasons why, another reason why I believe in the deity of Jesus Christ? Because was was Jesus a prophet? Sure, but much more than a prophet. Was he a priest? Yes, but much more than a priest. Is he king? Yes, but much more than a king. Is he man? Yes, but much more than man. He is the God-man. And every time in the ministry of Jesus that somebody bowed down to worship him, Jesus never said, no, get up. I'm just a man. Worship God alone. No, Jesus did not refuse worship, which is a great indication of the deity of Jesus Christ. So just another Um, I think, strong point that we can make here from Revelation 22 and verse 9. That's all the time we have for today. I'm enjoying these last few uh, verses. I'm trying to savor every one of them. Can't wait. Can't wait to get into the next episode. I talk about especially verses 12 and 13, but we'll have to wait until next one to talk about it. Hope you have a great day today. God bless you, my friends. We'll see you next time. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.